Romans chapter 4. What shall we say then that Abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness, even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is a man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Cometh this blessedness then of the circumcision only, or upon the uncircumcision also. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was it then reckoned? When he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. After he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, Though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. For the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it may be by grace, to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. So the title of the message this morning is simply Righteousness Reckoned. Righteousness Reckoned to us. So let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the privilege and opportunity we have to be assembled together and to open thy precious word. And I pray that as we look into the word of God today that we'd Uh, Give attention, give heed to the things that we hear and apply to our lives and help us to realize that that, uh, faith cometh by hearing, but righteousness cometh through faith, not by faith, but through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So Lord, just work in our hearts, save that even may be lost, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Somebody has said, Quote, our justification is not God making us perfectly righteous, but counting us as perfectly righteous. After we are counted righteous, then God begins making us truly righteous, culminating at a resurrection, unquote. You know, the word justification, you know, we often hear this definition, and from one perspective it is true, from another it is not. But we often hear this, this, this definition of justification, just as if I never sinned. Now, it really doesn't mean that. It means to be declared righteous. And in the eyes of God, it is just as if I never sinned. But from our side of 
viewpoint, it is not just as if we never sinned. We have sinned. We all know that. But we are declared righteous. I think you used the illustration last week of a man who committed a crime. He's guilty of a crime. And then the judge steps off the bench and pays the penalty for the crime. The man is still guilty or been found guilty, but he has been delivered from that penalty. He's no longer under it. He is free from it. And that's really what justification is. And, and Paul here, of course, again, you know, he has a particular the Jewish people in mind, and, 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 and as his primary focus here, you might say, uh, in addressing this issue, and of course a lot of it has to do with circumcision and the Judaizers, but, but because the Jews of that day, of Paul's day, believed that Abraham was justified by his works. By the way, there's still people today that think Abraham was justified by his works. When I was in Maine, I went to a prayer conference down in New Hampshire. With Earl Woodard and I, my piano player. And uh, <clears throat> anyway, we were in the foyer there uh, during some free time, and I was talking to a man from another church. And we got talking about Abraham. And I'd always heard this. I'd heard people say, Ruckmanites, Ruckman taught, I believe, that, I believe it was Ruckman that taught, that, um, that Abraham, or the Old Testament saints, were justified by the works. And we're saved by faith, but they were saved by their works. And, you know, but I'd never met one. So we're ta- I'm talking to this gentleman, and you know, he wasn't a pastor, but anyway, and, 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 and this come up, and he said, that, I said, well, Abraham wasn't saved by works. He said, yes, he was. Just ask Pastor So-and-so. So I asked Pastor So-and-so, well, what? He said, yeah. Uh-huh. And, you know, it just, it, it, it just so dumbfounded me that somebody that actually would believe that, I didn't even answer him. Didn't even argue with him. Uh, so, so there's still people today, or Baptists, that believe that Abraham was justified by his works. You know, the ancient passages from the rabbis is quoted as saying, quote, we find that Abraham, our father, had performed the whole law before it was given. And Abraham was perfect in all his deeds with the Lord, unquote. Now, if you read the accounts of Abraham in the Old Testament, the book of Genesis, would you say that Abraham was perfect? Not the Abraham I read about. I mean, he had his problems just like I have. No. You know, these... these these rabbis argued that Abraham kept the law perfectly before it was given, keeping it by intuition or anticipation. But the Spirit of God here, through Paul, is demonstrating to us that salvation is fully and completely by the grace of God. It is not of works. Old Testament and new. So notice three things here this morning. First of all, the experience of Abraham... In verses 1 through 3, it says, What shall we then say that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. So he says, It is not of works. He started, first thing he mentions, It is not of works. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it counted unto him, or counted unto him, for righteousness. So it not of works, it is by faith. And Paul says, what saith the scripture? 
Well, when he's quoting here, the, the scripture that he's quoting is from, from Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6, which simply says, and he believed in the Lord. And he counted it to him for Abraham believed in the Lord. He put his faith, his trust in the Lord, and he was counted therefore by God as righteous. Had nothing to do with his works. Nothing. You know, to believe, the word believe there means to put your trust in, to put your confidence or your dependence in. Paul said this, and it's the same word used here in 2 Timothy 1.12, For which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. I know whom I have trusted. I know whom I put my trust in. I know whom I put my dependence in. It's not in what I do. I mean, Paul could have bragged about his works. He had thereof to brag. You know, he did. Until he met the Lord. He bragged about how great a Pharisee he was. But he said, I count all that but done. For the righteousness of my Lord Jesus Christ. But he said, I, I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I committed unto him against that day. So the experience of Abraham was he believed in the Lord. He put his trust in the Lord. Then notice the explanation that he gives concerning this in verses 4 through 8. I notice, first of all, works recognizes a debt. Notice in verse 4, it says, Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. See, a works recognizes a debt. When you work or you provide a, a service for someone, they are indebted to you. They owe you. When Bradley goes to repair washing machines for, for Billy Kincaid, Billy owes him for that service he's giving to his company. Andrew, when you deliver birds for the Welches, you are providing a service for them, and they owe you. They are indebted to you for that. That's why they pay you. you know, and they are providing a service for someone else, for those people they take those birds to. And so those people are indebted to them. They're indebted to them. The city of Raleigh provides services to the people of Raleigh. That's why they pay taxes to the city. And, of course, Brother Hoyle provides a service for the city. And those taxes that the city collects go to pay him and provide those services that are provided by the city. You know, so the, so, and, yeah, the federal government provides services, and the more services they provide and, and, that people expect, the more taxes we can expect it to pay. That's the way it works. So such thing as free. Nothing's free except the gift of God. That's the only thing that's free. So a work salvation is based on God being in debt. To us. 
or owing us. Isn't it any wonder why that religion, false religion, grows? Because people think that they deserve it. You know, I, I have sacrificed. You, know, you, you, you go to foreign countries and you watch, watch these Catholics crawling on their hands and knees on cobblestones and everything else and, 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 you know, and, 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 and causing uh, pain and suffering to themselves, trying to earn favor with God. People will put lots of money in offering plates trying to earn favor with God. That's a work salvation. Somebody said that, quote, a system of work seeks to put God in debt to us, making God owe us his favor because of our good behavior. In works thinking, God owes us salvation or blessing because of our good works. Unquote. So that's, that's what a work salvation is. It's to make God indebt us. And you know, that's what a lot of the religions of the world, they do things to try and find favor with their gods. The Muslims will commit suicide trying to find favor with Allah. That's works. And Paul said here, to him that worketh is not reckoned of grace. See, Paul is proving that Abraham was not justified by works. Notice verse 9. It says, Cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only, or upon the uncircumcision also? For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was it then reckoned? When he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but uncircumcision. And if he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had, yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. So he says, was Abraham uh, uh, reckoned righteous? Was he in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Well, Abraham, Abraham, the Bible says that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him righteous. It says that in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. Circumcision came in chapter 17. Probably 14 or 15 years later. So therefore, Abraham was counted righteous or right with God before he was circumcised. Therefore, circumcision has nothing What's ever to do with Abraham's standing with God? He's righteous. You know, circumcision, as it says here, circumcision was a sign or a seal. You notice in verse 11 it says, He received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had. He already had it, yet being uncircumcised. So it was a sign or a seal. It was a simply a thing that distinguished him from others or by which he was known. He was, you know, circumcision was assigned to Israel that they were God's children. And we might say that baptism 
is our sign or our identification. It's our identification or a thing by which we are known, Baptist baptism. You know, Peter says in 1 Peter 3.21, The light figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. In other words, that water doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't wash away your sins. It's simply a symbol of a good conscience. And so, just as God gave Abraham the sign or seal of circumcision, which was a symbol of what he was already made righteous. Baptism is a symbol to the world that I have already been made righteous by God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Your baptism is symbolic. It speaks of death and resurrection. You, you drive by a church, and if it says Baptist in its name, what do you already know about that church? Well, you, immediately you identify something about it. That if it says Baptist, more than likely... Now, Things are changing today. But most likely, they baptize those who profess faith in Christ by dipping or immersion. And they don't baptize them until they've made a profession of faith. Now, if you drive past a church and it says the Presbyterian Church, immediately I know something about that church because of the Presbyterian doctrine that they're probably poor, that they'll baptize babies, that they're Calvinists. See the name. See, baptism is an identification. It's a symbol. It's a symbol. And so by, you know, by water baptism, just like circumcision was a sign or a seal to the, to the Jews, baptism is an identification to us that, you know, that we are identifying ourselves with a crucified and resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. We are saying that I believe that Jesus died, was buried, rose from the dead, and I have put my faith and trust in Him as my Lord and Savior. See, that was what circumcision really was to a Jew. It was not meant to earn some favor with God. It was simply a sign or a seal of their covenant relationship with the Lord. So, uh, works recognizes a debt. Secondly, faith recognizes a favor or the grace of God. Notice verse 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then again in verse 16, it says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace, to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father. You know, it's interesting he says here, in, in verse uh, 12 he says, our father Abraham, and he's writing to Gentiles. He says, our father Abraham, and then he says here in verse 16, that Abraham is the father of us all. You know, the Jews would balk at that. He's, we have Abraham as our father. He's Gentile Jew. 
Paul's saying that Abraham is the father of all those that believe. He, in other words, he's our example. He believed in the Lord and it was, he was made righteous. We believe in the Lord and we are made righteous. See, faith recognizes a favor, or we might say the grace of God. Salvation is not something that man has conceived or created. It's not manufactured. It's not earned. It is received. It is a birth. You know, the baby doesn't create itself. It doesn't manufacture its own birth. And the simple condition of this, or the process uh, to possess this righteousness of God, is simply faith. Again, Abraham believed God. Faith is counted, notice again verse 5, his faith is counted for righteousness. Faith is not righteousness. You know, they are not equal. Faith and righteousness are not, are not equals. We hear talk, people will talk about their faith, as if faith is righteousness. I've heard, had people say that. Why well, just have a lot of faith? Faith in what? Faith in what? You have to have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Your, it isn't your faith that makes you right. It's the righteousness of God. It's your faith in Him. It's your faith in Him. You see, we aren't saved by our faith. We're saved through our faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. See, just having faith, I mean, the evolutionists have a lot of faith. I mean, things that aren't true. But they say, sure seem to believe it. I mean, the, the, the Antifa and all those, these liberals, they have a lot of faith in what they're doing. They believe that what they're doing is right. At least they convince themselves of it. It's just sad that they believe in something that is not true. But they have faith. No, it's, it's righteousness is the ground of our justification. Faith is the means of it. It's the means of it. Again, for by grace are you saved through faith and not, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. Weist, in his commentary, or his dictionary, said this about the word grace. He said, the, it, it quote, signified in classical authors, authors a favor done out of the spontaneous generosity of the heart without any expectation of return. Of course, this favor was always done to one's friend, never to an enemy. But when charis comes into the New Testament, that's a word for grace, it takes an infinite leap forward for the favor of God did at Calvary for the favor God did at Calvary was for those who hated him. So, you know, it is by the grace or favor of God. And I want you to notice here that Paul uses the word in this passage, reckon, counted, or impute, 11 times. He says our faith is counted for righteousness. So when we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, He counts or imputes or reckons to my account his righteousness. That's what the word reckon, the word reckon counted 
and impute, they all mean the same thing. If you notice this in verse, verse 3, uh, Abraham believed God and was counted him for righteousness. Verse 4 has the word reckon. You know, and anyway, this used 11 times, and it simply means to compute, to calculate, to place on one's account, to credit. You know, we all use debit cards. You go to the store and you buy something and you, and you go to the machine to pay and you take your, your debit card and you swipe it through and it deducts from your account whatever the charge is for the merchandise you, you're buying. Well, see, God doesn't deduct from our account. He does the opposite. He credits. You know, when I go look at my bank statement, I like seeing credits. I like to see credits. I don't like to see the red ones. I like the black ones. Black figures, you know. The credits. When we put our faith in the Lord, God credits my account. And we are therefore declared righteous in the sight of God. And in the mind of God, it is just as if I never sinned. It's a legal term. It, it gives me legal rights of the family of God. One commentator said this, quote, Lord Jesus, thou art my righteousness, and I am thy sin. Thou hast taken what was mine and given me what was thine. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So through faith, your faith, again, faith recognizes the favor or grace of God, and through faith we can receive the righteousness, just as Abraham did, he received the righteousness of God credited to his account. And now when we stand before God, when God sees us, he sees us in Christ, just like, I never sinned. You know, just recently, I was a little curious. Some of you remember a couple of years ago during the bomb administration about the Monday standoff in Nevada, the ranchers out there, and then in Oregon there was a standoff there as well, and a couple of the ranchers in Oregon were actually put in jail. Um, supposedly because they started a backfire on federal land to stop a fire that had started by itself. You know, you start backfires to prevent further fires. Everybody knows that. But, of course, the federal government used that. And anyway, during the Obama administration, they got put in jail. So I, I was just curious about it just about a couple months ago. And I thought, I'm Google, see what happened to them then. Praise the Lord. Trump pardoned them. You know what? They are now justified. That cannot be brought up again against them. They're justified. And that's what the Lord has done for us. When we put our faith, our trust, our dependence in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are justified. Then I want us to notice the ramifications of faith. Notice verses 6 through 8. 
even as David also described the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute. In other words, he no longer imputes or no longer reckons to our accounts You know, the Bible says in Genesis or in Revelation chapter 12 that we have an accuser that accuses us day and night before God. The devil, that old serpent, he's the accuser of the brethren. And he accuses us. He accused Job before God. But see, when he goes to accuse us before God and says, you know what Brother Byner did? God says, what? There's nothing here. It's all been taken away. It's all been taken away. And God says, what are you talking about? I don't see it. And Jesus is interceding. He says, I paid for that sin. You see, the ramifications of this is we are extremely blessed. The word blessed here means to be extremely blessed, fortunate, well off. Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 4 through 7 at the, yesterday at the uh, uh, get-together at the Webb's land where Mark Apple gave testimony of how he was working where he does... Um, yeah, security systems, and he was talking about how he went to this extravagant house. You know, he said these people had to be extremely wealthy. But he said, I thought to myself, they are very wealthy, but they don't really have much. He said, we're the ones that are rich. And Paul says here in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse Four, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sin hath quickened us together with Christ by grace you are saved hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus you see we're extremely well off we're blessed not only that but our, but our iniquities are forgiven the, the, the word forgiven here means sent away. They're sent away. You know, in the Old Testament, uh, they were commanded to bring two goats. And the one goat, the priest was to lay his hands on it and, and, and lay the sins of the people on it and send it away. Send it away into the wilderness. It's just a picture of our sins being sent away. Sent away. Our sins are sent away. The word covered here in, uh, in verse 7, it means so as not to come into view. They're not going to come into view again. It means to pardon. You see, when our accuser goes before God, they don't come into view anymore. Because they've been washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
See, that's the ramifications of our faith. David said, blessed. David understood what it means to have the sins forgiven. David deserved to die. But Nathan said, the Lord hath put away thy sin. It prompted David to say in Psalm 40 and verse 5, Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto me, unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. You see, it truly is a great gift. As Paul said in Corinthians, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. There's no way to measure from our viewpoint, from our standpoint, the gift of life through our Lord Jesus Christ, of eternal life. There's no way to measure that. It is the greatest gift. But have you experienced it? Do you know the reality of it? You know, it is simply by faith or through faith. You have to put your, just put, simply put your trust or your dependence upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Casting yourself on him, as, as it were, and trusting him as your Lord and as your Savior. It's not of works. It's all of the grace of God. So where do you stand this morning? Do you have that assurance?